Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast with me, Juliette Corbett. This is the place where we get curious about leadership and strategy in schools. As a coach and consultant, I've worked with many school leaders and been so privileged to see behind the scenes of their professional work. Here, I'm able to share the ideas and tips that I've developed over the years to help them to find their strategic focus, empower their team members and regain control over their time. Because when they're able to focus on the important tasks that utilise their strengths, that's when they can reach their goals with confidence and ease. Now, this week, we're talking about liberating your time. One of the things I've noticed when I look at my podcast stats is that whenever I talk about how to reduce the impact of certain activities on the amount of time you have, I get really high listen numbers. And actually that corresponds to my experience working directly with school leaders. That one of the biggest challenges we have is having time to do the things which are really important. Now, strategic leadership is about spending that scarce resource of time in this case, but could also be other types of resources, focusing those resources on the things that matter, your strategic priorities. And that's when you make real progress towards delivering your goals. So a number of months ago, I did a really popular episode called Your Inbox Is Not Your Job. And what I realised was that people feel that email just eats up so much of their time at work. That makes it a really useful episode for people to listen to. Last week, I talked about delegation and I asked the question, are you delegating enough? Now, I'm going to put the links to both of those episodes in the note, but this week we're talking about something slightly different, another time sink, if you like. And this one extends a bit beyond your job, a bit beyond your professional work. So we're looking at, yes, your working day, just as we were about inbox and delegation, we're extending this into the time that you have outside of your working day as well. And the topic that I'm going to be diving into is your media consumption put it bluntly. And by media, I mean all forms of media. So social media, YouTube, the news media and the cycle that that news media feeds around some of the clickbait articles that are always popping up on our news feeds. I'm even including things like TV streaming services, so Netflix and all of the, you know, Disney Plus and all the rest of it. Basically, these are all 
media companies of various different types who are seeking your attention. And what we've discovered as we've been working through decades now of the information economy is that these things can be a real drain on our time resources. And they don't always bring us the kind of the joy or the the knowledge and skills that we actually want to create through using these. So what I'm going to do in this episode, and I admit this is taking a step beyond what I normally talk about, because most of this media consumption is going to be outside of your normal working day. But I'm going to explain to you my perspective on why this is such a big problem today and ways that we can overcome going kind of falling into the default that the big companies want us to fall into, which is a very high media consumption kind of rate, and instead be really proactive around how we consume media. Okay, so let's dive in. First of all, a little bit of context. Now, there is a phrase which has come to prominence over the last few years, but actually I did a bit of a bit of research before this episode. It's been around for around 20, 30 years, actually, and that is the phrase attention economy. This is the idea that we have an economy, and in the groups that I work with, it's a capitalist economy, where we have a world of abundant information. And the scarce resource that companies are competing for is our attention. And what has happened is they have created profit-making models which are based on advertising and data collection, data mining, data selling, and so on. Which means that they have an incentive as profit-making capitalist companies within a attention economy. Their objective is to make you spend as much time as possible on their media platform in order to sell more advertising or collect more data, which they're able to then utilise either in targeting that advertising or in other ways. And so they are manipulating your behaviour. And this is all sounding a little bit sort of Big Brother-like, but there's an amazing 2020 film, a kind of documentary film called The Social Dilemma. Ironically, it's available on Netflix, which is one of the media companies, TV streaming companies that is really trying to, to make it very easy to spend a lot of time watching Netflix in order to justify your subscription to them. And what that documentary talks about, they're talking about social media in particular, but actually the lessons that they talk about extend beyond just social media into the whole media kind of network. And they expose how the use of addictive technologies to hook us in is becoming so complicated, so effective, that basically we are, without our knowledge, potentially becoming addicted to these forms of media. Now, we have free will. I don't think that we can place all of the blame at the front of these companies. Some do, and that's fine. My belief is that we need to use our free will to understand what's going on and then find ways to overcome this, because this is a massive time drain. If you think about how much time you spend on your media consumption, now, if you're not being conscious about this and you're just sort of going with the flow, it's probable that that media consumption rate is quite high. The number of hours you're spending is quite high each week. If you're managing to constrain it, then well done. I have been trying for a number of years. I'm I'm on the journey still, but I have managed to constrain it significantly. But it's through proactive action that we achieve this rather than just defaulting to the social norms or the, the norms that are 
affected by this addictive technology being used by these companies. So it is a massive time drain. That's not the only problem with this situation. Now, you don't have to agree with this, but I think I do. And that is the concept which has been developed by an author called Cal Newport in his book, Deep Work. I'm going to put a link to that in the episode notes, because actually this is one of the many topics he talks about in that book. And many of the other topics are also incredibly helpful for strategic leadership. In his book, Cal Newport talks about the idea that by consuming a lot of media in this way, in a quite a passive way, it doesn't just drain our time, just take a lot of time out of our day that we could be using for other things. But it also fails to build our cognitive ability for deep thinking. And I would put strategic thinking into that category of deep thinking. This idea that by continually consuming quite shallow contents, all of it's quite clickbaity or quite sort of not particularly cognitively challenging content, what we're doing is failing to really develop an attention span and an ability for deep cognitive thought, both of which are critically important components of being strategic in our work. The other problem with this, actually, which is talked about through the Social Dilemma documentary and elsewhere as well, is that a lot of these media companies, when they are grabbing our attention, they're doing it by presenting us with negative news stories. So there's a kind of a negative bias. There's a bit of a sense of this on the news media, that it's all kind of quite negative news. If you look at social media, the things that go viral, not always, sometimes they're videos of cats, which are not negative, but sometimes they're hooking into our human fear around what's going on in the world around us. And what all of this does is it feeds a fight, flight or freeze response, which is exhausting to be in that kind of negative, fear-driven frame of mind on an ongoing basis is just exhausting. And it means that we're not as optimistic. When we're looking at strategic decision-making, sometimes it can kind of play out as always looking on the 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 risk side of the decisions that we're making and therefore not taking action. People being fearful of taking bold action. Now, you don't have to believe all of my analysis on this, and I'm not necessarily sure that I've got full academically rigorous evidence for all of these. But my feeling is that these three problems combine with, if you let yourself go with the flow and have a default to high amount of media consumption, it drains your time because it just takes a lot of time because of this this addictive technology that they're hooking you into it with. It's pretty shallow stuff normally, so it's not developing that deep thinking ability and the ability to focus on something for a long amount of time. And it's quite negative. And all in all, my personal experience and the experience of the leaders that I talk to on a regular basis is that this isn't very helpful. It's not very helpful for a happy life, which is clearly very important, but it's also, in terms of the context of this podcast, it's not helpful for strategic leadership in schools either. So I think there are two things that I want to talk about as to how we can overcome this. Obviously, there are many resources out there around limiting your screen time. I'm not going to go into kind of tactics around all of that. You can find that elsewhere if you need to. But I'm going to talk about the decision-making process. If you recognise this as something that you want to address, you need to have a bit of a plan around what you're going to do about around being selective with your media consumption, first of all. And then secondly, how are you going to repurpose the time that you release? 
Okay, so first of all, being selective. So the first question you can ask yourself is what energises you? Now, some things will energise you in the moment. So, for example, binge watching some kind of sitcom on Netflix, for example. I mean, that might make you feel good and help you switch off from a pretty rubbish day. That's fine. No problem at all. But it probably doesn't massively fill you with joy afterwards. Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But what does fill you with joy? What gives you more energy afterwards than you had before? For me, and I'm going to say probably for most people, it's when I'm interacting with family and friends and when there's a a humour and a levity to what I'm watching or consuming. So sometimes those sitcoms can do it. Think about what actually brings you joy, what makes you feel better at the end rather than worse and focus on selecting those types of media to consume. And then thinking about it from a work perspective, one of the things that I often talk to people about is how they're going to bring their own unique view to the table. When we're talking about strategic decisions around the boardroom table, what is your unique perspective that you're bringing to that conversation? And maybe you can base your media consumption on going deep, if you like, into a niche that really interests you, something that's probably tangentially related to work. So it doesn't have to be purely educational, but something which you can apply to your work which has just always filled you with curiosity and interest and you just want to know more about that particular topic. So some of those might be obviously schools related or education related. So things like reading EdTech magazine or Times Educational Supplement, so TES or whatever local news content you have, which is really specifically around the education sector. That's great if you want to go into one of those in in great depth. But pushing it out there a little bit wider, maybe things like the Financial Times or The Economist give you a sense of what's happening in the business world, which could be useful. Something like Marketing Week magazine will give you a sense of what's happening in the marketing world. And actually, I find that useful for understanding trends in luxury goods markets, because that's often those are linked to independent school markets fundraising magazines, creative design, websites that you really enjoy that have good blogs or good podcasts. Listen and read and consume things that are going to interest you, that you're really excited about, that are tangentially related to your work. And if you're not sure what that is, spend a term doing one thing, really going deep into one particular niche with your media content, and then switch and see if something different kind of crops up next term but don't just do it day by day because that's keeping shallow again in terms of our consumption it's going deep into something per term or half term to give you a sense of where you could be directing your curiosity i don't mean to make this really time consuming in its own right this can be really easy so there's loads of free podcasts around all of these topics in fact i think pretty much everything that i've just mentioned here has some form of free podcast available so subscribe to that and make that part of your routine there are always introductory discounts for things that you can dive into and see what's interesting and if you're especially doing their web-based content and one of the tips that i've learned is that actually if you look at your local library and your alma mater university so if you combine all those access points that you have through libraries and universities think about what subscriptions they have that you're allowed to use for free. And actually there's some amazing content out there that you can get for free as well. So it doesn't have to be costly. This doesn't have to be time consuming. Create a way that it's going to pop up in your newsfeed by curating what it is that you're interested in. So that's the first thing to think about, being selective about the media that you want to consume. 
And you can put some Netflix in there as well. You can put some light levity humour in there. Absolutely. This is about being all around a rounded person, but it's about not succumbing to just going on to default and to have your time driven by the profit models of the attention economy. And then the second thing to think about is, okay, you've been selective in some of the media that you are going to consume. I'm hoping this is going to free up some time for you, potentially. What are you going to use that time for? How are you going to repurpose that time? Firstly, I think this is not about just working more. This is not about creating more time for work. So one of the things that you can best do with that free time that you're generating is rest. Now, I don't mean just sitting on the sofa. I mean doing something active, but something restorative, something that actually makes you feel good, whatever that might be, a hobby, seeing friends and family, doing something that makes you feel restored at the end of each day. And then one of the things that going back to Cal Newport and his book, Deep Work, one of the things that he talks about is the importance of reading books. And he talks about on his podcast, actually, quite frequently, he doesn't necessarily mean you have to read a physical book. I think he includes audio books as part of reading books. But his idea is that if you're going to develop the cognitive ability to think deeply and to focus for long periods of time on something, both skills which are going to enable you to really do well strategically in terms of leadership and strategic thinking then you need to be reading books. Now, again, I'm not sure that everyone agrees, but given that I'm talking to a community of educators, I think you'll agree with me that actually this is a really good way to repurpose your time. The way that I do this, and everyone will do it differently, but the way that I do this is to browse or consume lightly quite a lot of audiobooks, podcast interviews with the authors of those books, just to get a sense of what what their book is about. And then having browsed and consumed quite lightly lots of different books, I then go deeply into one or two books each year. So when I've listened to a book and I think that's really interesting, that's going to change what I'm doing either in my work or the way that I'm approaching something to do with life, then I often then go and buy the Kindle version or the paper version as well, reread it, taking notes, applying to my situation. Sometimes I'll read it three times in a year because I'm actually trying to glean all of the little tips and little ideas. And the way you listen to something or read something changes as you get the big ideas and incorporate those into your situation at work or in in the rest of life, then you can reread and get get some of the, the nuance second and third time around, which is really helpful. That's the way I do it. You don't have to do the same. But what I have found personally is that I have been through phases. I've never been really addicted to social media. That's never been something that I've been that interested in, to be honest. And if I'm really honest, I only really do social media because I do it for my business. (laughs) I don't really do it apart from that. But what I have found is that I have gone through cycles of becoming slightly addicted to the news media cycle, to the extent that I could tell you everything about what's going on in Ukraine or in the US economy or some other topic which has grabbed my attention and I've done a lot of reading around it. But actually, it's made me feel quite negative. That information isn't that useful directly. Maybe the economics is, but you know, knowing every step of the Ukraine war is not that useful. I'm able to do my bit in terms of supporting, you know, through charity donations, the, the war effort and so on. But me knowing everything day by day doesn't make me feel good. And so as much as I want to honour the the suffering in the world, I also know that I just need to know lightly 
that there is suffering and what generally what's happening. I do not need to go into the detail. And by shifting that emphasis, and actually I don't consume as much mainstream media anymore. I get my media often from the business media because it makes me feel more positive, strangely, about the world. That's the the, the selectivity that I've applied to my media consumption. I, I found it so much more productive and so much more, leave me more optimistic and positive as a result as well. As always, I love to hear your feedback. I would really like to hear your feedback on this one because this is something that I haven't spoken about publicly before, but which my intuition tells me is really important. That intuition is driven from my personal experience, but also from the many school leaders that I've talked to, trying to free up time, basically, and an ability to think strategically. So I'd love to hear if this resonates with you or not and what actions you might want to take as a result of listening to this. If this is helpful, please do share this episode with a friend. As I've said before, most people discover this podcast through personal referrals. So please do spread the word if you find this podcast helpful. Thank you for spending this time with me. And don't forget that if we're expecting ourselves to think strategically and to think deeply, we have to carve out the space to breathe, the time to learn and the courage to adapt. Have a strategic week. I'll talk to you again next time.